Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. I am so excited because for the last four and a half years, I have got to sit in this chair and interview nearly 400 entrepreneurs and talk about success as an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a business leader. I've interviewed people who have jobs and who just have that entrepreneurial spirit and people who have launched companies and grown them to be great successes. And I'm a strong believer that success leaves clues. That's why we do this show, and thank you so much for joining in and being part of that community. Somewhere along the line in the last few years, I have become a student of life, and that's what I like to think that we're doing here as we listen to these episodes of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, and I hope that you really enjoy today's episode. And as we get started, I have to thank the first sponsor of this show, and that is my good friends at Amplifier. Now, many of you have products for your fans and your customers, and dealing with that physical stuff and getting it mailed and packaged, poof, that can be a big pain and a waste of time. But the people at Amplifier, they blend order fulfillment, screen printing, and on-demand on production into a single self-service platform that you control. And that's who I work with, with the Try New Things t-shirts. Now, many of you who listen to the show, you've been ordering the Try New Things shirts at trynewthings.shop. Uh, they come in red and blue. I've seen them around town. That's kind of fun when I see somebody wearing one of those shirts. Uh, and they're all taken care of by the people at Amplifier. They integrate with the e-commerce shop. And when you place your order, poof, they print it and they fulfill it. They get it shipped out to you. They are wonderful to work with, whether you're a big company or you're a small person, one-man shop like I am. Hey, on-demand means no inventory, so you don't have to stock up on a bunch of shirts or mugs or whatever it is you're printing. Amplifier takes care of all of that for you. But once you grow and you want to stock up on inventory, hey, they have a warehouse. They can take care of all of that for you as well. So go over to Amplifier.com slash cool things and sign up today and make sure you tell them you heard about it right here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So today's show, we're going to talk about mentors and how do you find a mentor? I learned recently that January is National Mentor Month. And I have to tell you, in my career, I've been fortunate. I've had a lot of people who have shown up sort of at the right time to have been mentors for me in my career. I don't think, I don't believe I could be where I am today if it wasn't for these people who, who lent their experience and their guidance and sometimes just a shoulder to cry on as I was navigating the world of my life and my career. So before I get started, I want to thank a couple of people just really quick. So one of the first mentors I ever had was when I first moved to Austin. I think I was 25 years old, and through some volunteer work I was doing in an organization I was involved with, I met a gentleman named Bob Tinsman. He was an older guy. He was retired, working part-time. He had been the city manager of Austin back in the early 70s, I think, sometime around there, maybe mid-70s. And then he was uh, the owner of the Nighthawk Frozen Food Company. And uh, he took an interest in me, and I was new to town, and he remembered what it was like when he had moved to Austin years before, and he said, you know, it's kind of hard to be an outsider in Texas. Now, that has changed because the population of Austin has nearly tripled since I moved here in 1991, but at the time, 
I didn't grow up in Texas. I hadn't gone to the University of Texas. And uh, Bob just kind of helped. He introduced me to people. He helped me get sort of established. And as early parts of my career, I hit, hit a couple bumps in the road. Bob was always there to advise me and help me and maybe buy me a nice hamburger at the Nighthawk. Uh, so that was awesome uh, to have someone like that. He passed away about 14 years ago, 15 years ago. And I've always had kind of a hole in my heart ever since then. He and his wife, Leah Jane, were so good to us when we moved to Austin 25 years ago uh, that I've never forgotten that. And he was the first example of someone who he didn't want anything in return. He just took a liking to me and really wanted to help me. And and I've tried to emulate that uh, in my life as I've gotten to be that more senior person. Another person I want to thank is a gentleman who is still a friend of mine. Uh, his name is Custis Hogue. Custis worked with me when I worked for a financial printer, a company called R.R. Donnelly Financial. And I was a new up-and-coming salesperson, and he had covered the territory from Dallas. I was hired into Austin. And you know what? He never looked at that as competition, like, oh, they brought in this young whippersnapper. He's going to take all the clients in Austin. Instead, he looked at it like a team. He was really good at teaching me how to be an aggressive salesperson, how to just keep providing value. Even if you don't win the business, you want to be there for the clients. He, he was a role model for me, uh, and he really was kind of like a great older brother kind of person who took me under his wing and really helped me. And when I left the company, he still continued to open up doors for me and talk about me positively to other people in the community. And while I don't see him as much anymore, I don't, I don't think he makes it to Austin quite as much as he used to, he will forever be one of those people who put a stamp of positivity uh, in my world because as a mentor, he was there to sort of help show me how to become a better salesperson and you know how to really look at providing value to clients because that's when I think of him, when I think of Custis, I think of someone who is always there to provide value and that's how he was able to build his career. And then the last person I want to give a quick shout out to is another person who was a mentor to me when I started my speaking business. So I met him because I joined the National Speakers Association, and I met a guy named Jim Pancero in the bar at the National Speakers Association annual conference right after I joined. And again, Jim just sort of took a liking to me. He'd been a speaker for many, many years, and I was green, and I I didn't know, and he had seen so many people come through who uh, were brand new and had sort of doughy eyes, and uh, he showed me a lot of of how to navigate a long-term, which now has been 10 years, career as a professional speaker. And uh, Jim is a sales trainer. He's still very active as a speaker and a trainer, and he's always there. Whenever I have a little bump in, in the road of my speaking career, he's always there to give me some advice and has referred me to several clients where he hasn't been available, so he's helped me uh, along that way. And so he's one of those people. So one person I met through volunteering one person I met on the job, and another person I met through joining a professional association. And so there's so many different ways that people can come into your life and become mentors. And hey, one more shout out. I hadn't written this down. A woman named Carol Thompson, who was uh, really involved in the Austin community in my early days coming up in my career. And she taught me how to network. And she taught me how to really follow up with people and make people matter and, and how to be a volunteer in a community. And so I, I got to throw a shout out to her too, because uh, she was also a, a very big influence on my career at different times. So you, you meet people through different things. I met her through just being involved, networking around town. And so there's lots of ways you're going to stumble across these people who are going to help sort of guide you and, and who will serve as mentors throughout your life. Now, I also act as a mentor now. 
I get a lot of calls. This last year, I spoke at about, I don't know, seven young professionals groups, both in Austin and around the country. Some of these were uh, things put on by like local chambers of commerce or other types of associations. Some were company events, and then others were association conferences where they've carved out a special agenda at their national conference or a special conference specifically for those up-and-coming people in their industry. And when I presented to these groups... Oftentimes, I talk in that presentation that I do about the importance early in your career to find mentors. And I tell the story of a couple people who I mentor and how you know we've developed this ongoing long-term friendship, but how I've taken a, an active role in helping, you know, helping them solve problems that they face, whether it's in life or in their career. And I will get calls from people who had seen me speak maybe the day after, maybe months later. And they'll just want to bounce things off me. And I'm always willing to take those calls. I enjoy helping people. And I'm not in the market to take on sort of the official role of ongoing mentor for anybody else. The the two gentlemen who I already uh, call my mentees, uh, I joke with them that they, they take too much time. But the reality is, is that uh, they have become like extra kids to me. And my, my two daughters refer to these guys as my fake sons. But I'm always willing to take a call and I'm always willing to be a mentor for somebody. Now, I never had one person who was for a long time officially in sort of that role. I had a lot of people who came and went at different times in my career. But the role that I have with these two mentees, that's what I think can really be impactful. In fact, I question, am I too old at 52 years old to find a mentor like that? Is it something that I'm not going to have again? I had these types of people come in when I was younger, but is it something I can find now? And then I asked the question, does a mentor have to be older than me? I, I don't think so. I think a mentor can be a peer. I think a mentor can be somebody younger. And that's another side is my two mentees. I learn as much from them, and I'm as inspired by our meetings that I have with them as, as I think they are from me. Uh, a little sideline. At Christmas time, they took me out to dinner to say thanks for just being part of their life this year. The two of them uh, have become friends over the last five or six years, and uh, they gave me a present, and I'm wearing it right now. It's a, it's a wooden watch. You've probably seen these advertised. They're they're really high quality uh, wristwatches that are actually the the band and the face of the watch are made out of wood, and on the back it's engraved and it says "More than a mentor," and that's probably one of the most special presents I've ever gotten from anybody. And so uh, I just wanted to throw that in there, that it is really important that if somebody invests in you, you find a way to say thank you. They didn't have to give me a watch, but I'll tell you what, my impression of them, that they, they took the time to go and have that made, it's got their names on it, that is going to be an heirloom for me for the rest of my life. Even if I was never to see them again, which I think would be awkward, uh, I'm going to have that. So just remember in the back of your mind, be sure to say thank you to the people who've come along and done that for you. But where I was going with that is, I don't think I'm too old to find a mentor. In fact, I'm in the market for somebody who wants to take an investment uh, in helping me succeed. And I'm willing to, of course, always give back to that person. I'm not looking for a coach because here's one of the things I've found. I've worked with coaches and I've coached people for money. And I think that's an awesome tool because sometimes you can't find the mentor. And so you have to go out and find the person who you can hire to fill in that role. But here's an interesting thing. In most cases, not all, when you pay somebody to be your coach, when you're done paying them, in most cases, that relationship sort of goes away. I heard a story the other day from a friend of mine who is a speaker, and she hired someone who is a well-known coach in our industry, and uh, the time that they were working together had expired by just a couple of days, and she reached out to him with a quick question, and he said that would be $250. 
And I thought, wow, there's the difference between hiring a coach and really finding a mentor and building a long-term and mutually beneficial relationship with somebody. So this last week, the reason I wanted to do this is one, this particular topic is this particular month is National Mentor Month. And I think that a lot of people, uh, if they've you know, had this, you know, uh, moniker made that it's national mentor month. There are a lot of people who are interested in finding these types of relationships. The other reason this is top of mind is one thing I've done with my two mentees is in January, every year we meet, I meet with them separately, uh, even though they're friends and we go over their list of goals for the year. What are the foundational goals that they're trying to accomplish in their business and their life? And what are the aspirational goals that they're trying to accomplish? And I just did this last week with both of them. And it was interesting because they had both put a lot of thought into what they want 2019 to look like. But at the same time, there were areas where I thought they either had put too much into their goals. The reality is, is that that's what a mentor can help you do. It can help you not bite off more than you can chew. Also, a mentor can be there to help talk through, is my timeline correct for something I'm aspiring to? Uh, in, in one case, one of them had you know not given enough time to accomplish a goal. And he's like, no, I want to push myself. And I said, well, let's just do the math. And it didn't work. I said, you're setting yourself up for failure. Now, I don't believe you have to achieve every goal. I believe that part of the success in life really comes from enjoying the journey and realizing that if you're on rung two of the ladder and your goal is to get to rung 10 and you make it to eight, that's a lot better than two. Some people get depressed because they said, oh, but I didn't hit the 10th rung of the ladder. Yeah, but would you have ever gotten to eight if you hadn't set the goal and gone off on that journey? So anyway, having met with both of them this week, this whole idea of mentorship has been really strong in the front of my mind. But I actually think that it's hard to find a mentor. Like I said, I had a lot of people who came along at different stages of my career, but I never had one person who was as deeply invested as I am as a mentor with my two mentees. And I've talked to a whole bunch of people of it. And my, I have friends who are like, why do you even care? Why do you, you know, why do you spend time with these guys? Well, they've become two of my closest friends, but I also have this mentor role and I enjoy doing it. I enjoy helping them. I enjoy helping them navigate things where I had to sort of stumble along the way myself. So uh, it is kind of one of those things that uh, I think it's an important topic and I don't think that it, this is just something that's reserved for the younger, maybe 20 or 30 something set. I think this is something that we can all reach out and help mentor each other. I think we can all find people where we look around and say, I can help them. But the problem is you can't just walk up and go, hi, I would like to mentor you. That would be creepy. So we're going to talk a little bit in this whole, uh, these tips I have on how to find a mentor about different things that you have to do. But before I jump into the tips, I got to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this podcast is always brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content and growing your audience. If you want to start a podcast, hey, I know a lot of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this podcast. And they've been a great vendor to work with also. So if you're going to start a podcast, check out Podfly. So let's jump into this. How do you find a mentor? Because it's maybe it's because it's National Mentor Month. Maybe it's something that you just, you know, you looked around and you, you see a friend who has a mentor that's really helping them, you know, navigate their way through the path of life. And you're like, I want to do that. 
Well, the first thing is, don't assume that someone you don't know is going to sign up to be your network, I mean, so to be your mentor. You can't just, without networking, without really having a connection with a person, you can't just go up to someone you don't know and say, hi, would you be my mentor? Because first of all, we're not taught a lot about this. When you go to school, there's a lot of talk in business school and stuff about finding a mentor and having a mentor, but there's not a lot of, of education on how to be a mentor. What does it really take? What is the commitment? What are you, what is the mentee asking for? And a lot of people who have tried to mentor people have been burned. One of the problems is these relationships, like all relationships, have a tendency to fizzle out. So the first thing is, is you can't expect a stranger to just show up out of the blue and become your mentor. So you have to get on people's radar. You have to become visible in your industry or within your company so that they say, wow, I see a little myself in that person, or boy, I made those mistakes. I can help them. Or you have to be active in your community so that you're going to cross paths with successful people who might be the right ones to help guide you along the way. But remember that once you meet somebody and you start to develop a relationship, if you want to have a formal mentor-mentee relationship, eventually you're going to have to make that ask. You're going to have to take responsibility for saying, hey, I really admire you. Would you please step into a role to help guide me? Because I'm afraid I'm, I'm just floundering out here. However, you have to then own that relationship. I sort of said it before that if you're the mentor, especially if you're you know several years older than the mentee, you can't call them up one day and go, hey, how you doing this Wednesday? I'd like to mentor you today. That's awkward and it's creepy. It doesn't work that way. So when I look back at my relationship with my two mentees, both of them early on drove that relationship. They called me and said, hey, let's get together again. Or, hey, can I take a phone call? Do you have some time for me? I'd like to bounce off a problem I'm having at work. They had to drive the relationship early on. Now you fast forward five or six years. Like I said, they're like my fake sons. So now I call them all the time and just check in on them, much like I do my own kids uh, or any of my other friends. And so you know, you reach a point where that relationship does become a two-way street. But early on, you've got to be the one who's checking in with your mentor. But you don't want to do it too much. You can't, you can't annoy somebody and call them all the time. But also if you wait several months, three months, four months, six months, all of a sudden you're not really part of their life at all. So you have to figure out how do you schedule that. And that's something that you have to work out organically with that person. Um, but a lot of people, you know, they, they, they want to know what can you sort of do? What is, what is asked of you? as a mentor. They, they, they don't know. So figure out your goals of what you want that mentor to provide you with. Figure out uh, sort of a list of what the relationship will look like and maybe how often you'll meet, but also how far do you want them to go? I'm at a, a point with my mentees where I can critique everything they're doing. I, I have that permission now. But if early on I was too hard on them, I don't know if they would have liked that. Uh, so you sort of have to earn that relationship forward. But as the prospective mentee, you have to let the other person know what's going to happen. And you've got to be flexible around their schedule. I one time had somebody call me and they wanted uh, to sort of pick my brain about something where I was sort of an expert and I was more than willing to do it. And they asked me, to, in the middle of the day, drive like an hour from where I live to meet them because their schedule didn't really permit any other time. Well, no. I told them, come down early in the morning and meet me at the Starbucks near my house. Well, they told me that was inconvenient. Well, we never had the meeting. You know why? Because you have to make it work for the mentor. You have to be the one who's flexible. And then another thing is, is that look for ways early on that you can do something for that mentor. 
Now, the truth is, oftentimes you can't find anything, but at least be on the lookout. So, you know, is there a way you can refer them to a piece of actual business for what they do? Is there a way you can make an introduction for them? Does, does your mother or your father or your aunt or your uncle or somebody have a connection that would be valuable for them? Find a way early on to let them know that this is not just a take, take, take relationship, but that you want to actually be a giver. And then as the relationship pro progresses, you still want to make sure that you're looking for ways to serve that person. Talk them up in the community. Like and comment on the things that they post on social media. Share their brilliance with other people in your network because you never know when the right person's going to come along who's going to be able to, to help that person. So even if it's, even if it's just uh, something small, make sure that you're looking for ways to serve. And then remember, as you're asking for advice, that that's all it is. It's advice. You're not going to agree with everything that your mentor tells you to do. And the other side of that is, is he or she, they can't make the decisions for you. You have to make the final decisions. Oftentimes, I've seen this with my mentees. Something will be bad. They'll say, what should I do? Well, I can't tell them what to do for two reasons. It's not my responsibility. And for number two, if I tell them to do it and it goes wrong, they can point the finger back and say, well, I did what you said. At the end of the day, a mentor is there to advise. And so take their advice under counsel and think it through and then make the decision that works for you. But then go back and report to them about what you did. Sometimes I can remember getting advice from people who were mentoring me that I just didn't agree was the best advice for me. And I was scared to tell them that I didn't do it or I didn't agree with that as the piece of advice. But what I've learned as I've served on the other side of this mentor-mentee relationship is I need to know what's going on. I need to know if they agreed with me or didn't agree with me. I need to know what the reaction was if they said something to their boss. I also need to know what's going on in a full way. If, if, if the mentee is not being honest about what's going on in their life or they're hiding part of it because they don't want to look bad, you're never going to be able to get to the grit. You're never going to be able to get to the point where the onion layers are peeled back. So if you're the mentee, realize that you're going to have to be 100% open and honest with your mentor. Now, here's the thing to remember. Not every relationship with a mentor is going to be a forever friendship. I talk a lot in other settings about how some people come into your life and they're there forever, and some people come into your life for a season. And that's okay. This is not a bad thing if someone's there to help you through a little piece of time, and then it goes on. But if you want to keep a relationship alive, if you want to make that mentor someone who you become like family with, then you're going to have to invest in that relationship. You're going to have to give your time and your attention to them in the ways that we talked about earlier here. So remember this, all opportunities in life come from people, right? I mean, think about it. It's people who are either going to directly bring you an opportunity or they're going to make an introduction for you that's going to lead you to an opportunity or they're going to help advise you in a way that's going to lead you to an opportunity. Mentors are guides. They help you navigate the maze of life. Like I said, I've had some wonderful mentors in my life, and I wish, I wish I had been brave enough when I was younger to go deeper in those relationships with those mentors. I wish now I could find the right person who would come along and say, boom, I can help you navigate the next phase of your life and your career. I think not everyone out there is going to find mentors. I mean, I think most people don't. I think sometimes you get a little advice here and there, but people you can really call, poof, a mentor, I think that's rare. But if it interests you 
the only way it's going to happen is you have to go out and try to look for it. And, and you might have to kiss a few frogs uh, along the way because I can remember a couple of, of situations when I was younger where I tried to build that type of relationship and, and the person just wasn't responsive or our personalities didn't match the right way or they weren't in the right industry. Although, remember, your mentor does not have to be from your industry. Uh, the two guys I mentor, they, they're not in my business. Uh, I've mentored a lot of people in the speaking business, but not kind of to this level. But they don't have to be in your business, but they have to gel with your long-term vision of what it is that you want to accomplish. And they have to be somebody who wants to do it. They have to be invested back in you. So it really does become a two-way street. It's kind of like dating. Early on, you can ask someone out on a date and you can go out to a couple dinners, but if they're not into it, it's not going to become a relationship. Both of you have to want to build something here, and both of you have to take pride in the success that the mentee achieves. So if you want to know more about mentorship, there's so many sources available out there online. Uh, you're always welcome to email me, and I will answer any questions that I can. That is tom at tomsinger.com. Uh, I hope that if this uh, episode has at all touched you, that you'll reach out and let me know. And then also that I hope that you will go out there and you'll find somebody who uh, you'll develop a relationship where they're more than a mentor. Because when you can develop a true friendship with someone who wants to see you succeed, I think the sky's the limit for you in your future. Hey, thanks for tuning in and listening to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. If you like the show, do me a really big favor. Go tell people. It's so hard to grow a podcast now. When I started this five years ago, the competition wasn't nearly as much as it is. While more people are listening to podcasts, there are more and more shows launching every single week. So the only way people find my show is two things. One is if you get a lot of people to subscribe, then you get ranked. Uh, in iTunes. So uh, walk around your office, make everybody subscribe to cool things entrepreneurs do. But the biggest way I find listeners is people tell me they found the show because their friend or their boss or their coworker or their sister told them about cool things entrepreneurs do. So if you like the show, go tell somebody and then jump onto iTunes if you're an iTunes user and leave a review or really re wherever you listen to the show, a brand new review for the show. It just makes my day a whole lot better. And so uh, you can make me smile by leaving a new review. And then always, 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 you can follow me on uh, all the social medias. You can always find me at tomsinger.com. That's T-H-O-M-S-I-N-G-E-R.com. All right. Happy National Mentor Month. I hope that this episode inspired you a little bit. Go out and find somebody uh, either to be a mentee or you yourself. Go be a mentor. If the opportunity comes up, you're going to get so much out of helping other people succeed. All right. Go out there. And as I say it every time, go out and try something new. 2019 is the year of human engagement. Get out there and engage with more people. Meet new people. Try new things. And while you're at it, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>